Ksuvas Perk Zayin Mishnah Vav 7-6. After five Mishnayas discussing scenarios in which the wife has legitimate grounds for divorce, to demand a divorce because her husband has not fulfilled the basic obligations of, of a marriage, um, namely to have his wife's best interest at heart, um, and therefore she can demand a divorce and get her ksuba payment. So now the mission will turn to um, ways in which the wife could not fulfill her basic obligations as a wife um, and therefore um, be not just um, eligible for divorce, which is always the case in the Mishnah. He could divorce his wife um, when he sees fit, even you know against her will. That's how it was, as I said before, until the Tkanas Rebbein Gershom, until a thousand or so years ago. Um, but in addition, uh, she would lose her ksuba, and that means um, the Tanai ksuba, the conditions that protect her from the ksuba, which are, we're talking here about um, the the 200 zuz, the Iker ksuba payment, um, or maybe 100 zuz, plus Tosef ksuba, any additional cash payments. We're not talking about um, things that were hers that she brought into the marriage because those are hers. Um, but the Tanai ksuba, the protections that ksuba afforded her, um, she forfeits because she doesn't live up to the basic obligations of what it means to be a wife. And um, the basic gist of it, in my words, is um, the husband will say, how can I go on with this marriage? She's not She's, I can't I can't go on in a marriage like this anymore. It doesn't make no sense. Just as she could have said in the previous Mishnahis, I can't go on this marriage. He, he hates me. He didn't deny my vows. He forced me to do humiliating things and extort me, whatever the story is. Here he'll say, I can't go on the marriage because she's just, this marriage is untenable. She's violated the basic premises of the marriage. So the Mishnah says, Ve'elu yotzas shalo The following women who contravene these principles um, would be um, divorced and not get their ksuba and their ikka ksuba payment. And there's two categories, ha'overis al-das Moshe, women who transgress literally the law of Moshe Rabbeinu, meaning Torah commandments, and v'yehudis, they they transgress das yehudis, um, so social norms that are particular to that time and place regarding um, sneas of a woman. Now, and we'll see some other things as well. Perhaps so. In terms of the Overis al Das Moshe, she violates um, Das Moshe, the the Torah's principles. So we are not talking about a woman, let's say, who ends up becoming a Machal Shabbos. That is not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a case, and we'll see the examples in a moment in Mishnah, where the woman intentionally tricks her husband to do isure from isurim from the Torah. She he, she causes him to violate the Torah in a intentional and malicious way. So, the Mishnah says, Ezuhi Das Moshe, what is the Das Moshe that we're talking about here that she would forfeit her Ksuba? So, example number one is, Machiltu She'enu Mu'usar. She feeds him foods that aren't tithed. So the case is, she actually lies to him. She says, you know, so-and-so tithe this food and you can eat it. And then after he eats it, he speaks to so-and-so, and so-and-so says, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, I never tied that food. And it turns out, so she lied. So the point is, she intentionally tricked him to eat untied foods. So then he could say, listen, how can I go on a marriage like this? You know, I can't rely on her to give me the food. And that's part of the basic, I'm relying on her. So therefore, that's grounds for divorce, and she would forfeit her ksuba, at least the Iker ksuba and Tosef ksuba part of it, the Tanai ksuba, which she gets protections of the ksuba. Um... Another example is that umishamashtu nida. 
is she she um, sleeps with him and she knows full well that she's not Tahora, she's still Anida, but she tricks him and she leads him to believe, lets him think that she is Tahora. So again, the same idea. He's but then after the fact, say, how can I possibly go into this marriage? I can't rely on her anymore. Um, so therefore, grounds for divorce. Or third example is Velokotsala Chala. She doesn't take the Chala, the the Hafresh's Chala, the, the portion of dough that she's supposed to separate from the Kohen. She doesn't take it out. Again, she lies to him. She says, yeah, the Chala was taken. She says someone else did it. And turns out someone else did not do it. She knew full well that. And she tried. She tricked him. She tricked him. Um, the Gemara is going to end up saying that if her nasty plot never came to fruition, in other words, she... she ostensibly tried to trick him but he never actually fell for it for the reason he was saved that would not be um that would not tick the box of grounds for divorce and losing her ksuba because she could always say you know i was just joking around or i would have you know i would have told you the last second the point is um if he actually um was was duped so then that is grounds for divorce in addition besides for causing him um personally to do an avera like that Venoderes veena mekayemes. If she is noderes, she takes vows. Veena mekayemes. She doesn't fulfill those vows. Um, now that sounds more like the she's mechal shabbos. And but the point is not that she's a bad person and letting herself go to oblivion. The point is that the Chazal understand that a person who takes a vow and then doesn't fulfill it. So the consequence of that are that their young children will be taken from them. Based on a pasuk, the pasuk in Kohelis in the fifth chapter, the fifth verse says, "Al titin es picha lechati es b'sarecha." Don't allow your mouth to cause your flesh to sin. And then it goes on to say, "Lama yiktsaf Elohim." Why should you anger God? Al kolecha with your voice, v'chibel es maasiyadecha, and He will end up destroying the, your handiwork. Because I understand it's referring to your children who will be destroyed based on your um, taking a certain verbal commitments and they're not living up to them. So the point is, since he's relying on her as part of the team to build a family, and she is doing things which directly undermine the family by taking vows and not keeping them, meaning that jeopardizes his children, again, grounds for divorce. And Luvinir Ksub, I should say. What constitutes dasihudis? Now, the Mishnah says, Yotza Varosha Perua. She goes out into the streets with her hair uncovered. Now, the truth is that if a, there's a Torah obligation, Midoraisa, for a woman to cover her hair, the basis of that obligation is that by the Sota, the woman who, the suspected adulteress, the Pasuk says that she, Ufara es Rosha Isha, they have to uncover her hair. Um, as part of the humiliation process, and that that story of Stolt over there, um, by which it's understood that a woman, a married woman's hair, is always covered under normal circumstances. So that will be a doraisa. And the truth is that, in addition to what I said before, that either she intentionally misleads him to mess him up to do isurim, or she jeopardizes his children. Um, also, she jeopardizes the basic um, ishas, the basic marriage that they have, which you know was about their their unique intimate relationship of him and her by doing something that's publicly on Sneas crossing the red line of impropriety of walking around with her hair uncovered, um, which would be the same as walking around, I don't know what, in a tank top or something. They just didn't imagine that in the time of the Mishnah, um, really. So the point is, so he can say, listen, I can't go on with a woman who's doing that kind of stuff, and that would that would cross a line. Um, that would be grounds for divorce and, and uh, forfeiting her ksuba. 
We're saying here, the Das Yehudas here, we're talking about something which is a societal norm in their time and place. And when it says, Yotza Varosha Pruh, her hair is uncovered when she goes out, it doesn't mean just simply her uncovered. It means that she, her hair is uncovered in the way that they covered hair back then. And in fact, the Gemara speaks about, um, we're talking about a Redid, a Redid that she didn't wear. And the Redid is basically some kind of, I don't know, like a veil or something that, that would cover like imagine how nuns walk around today. Like you know, it's it's not just I don't I don't know what Redid looked like, but the point is, it's not just that her her hair is covered or uncovered. It's that the Redid also covered um, like half of her body as well, like a cape or veil or something. The point is, so she walks around without that article, like veiling the rest of her head. Um, so that's considered to be in the time of the Mishnah, you know, improper and unsanua, and therefore she's violating Das Yehudis the basic, you know, societal norms of Sneas in that time and place. Um, similarly, Vatova Bashuk, if she um, spins yarn in the, spins thread in the public eye, the Gemara speaks out, the point is here, she's wearing like baggy sleeves, as she's her sleeves as she lifts up her arms to do the spinning, so her arms are exposed, so people are walking by. Again, the point is that she's in the public eye not being Tsenua, so that's considered to be, in that time and place, a, a red line that can't be crossed. And therefore, it would be, again, since she's not conforming to societal norms of Sneas, he says they can't go on with this, and that would be grounds for divorce. Or finally, umdaberes im kol adam. The words literally mean she speaks to anybody, everybody. Um, but what it, the Gemara says, is, and like the Bartonero sums it up here, is that she is essentially goofing around with, flirting, joking around with, um, unmarried men. So, not that she, not that anything happened yet, but obviously that's going to lead to something improper later on. And again, therefore, that's a violation of basic societal norms. And he can say, I can't go on with this marriage because, you know, she behaves in such a way. Okay, so again, grounds for divorce and her losing, losing her Tanai Ksuba, meaning, um, for starters, her Iker Ksuba and the Tosefis. Abishol Omer. Abishol adds another element, another dimension to to um, what it would mean to undermine the basic premise of the marriage. Af mekaleles yoladav befanav. If she um, she denigrates, she 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 speaks badly about um, his parents, his father, um, in front of him. The point is that. Um, and the Gemara adds it also not just to him, but also if it's to his children in front of, you know, she speaks badly about her father-in-law in front of her father-in-law's grandchildren. Um, the point is, again, so that's since basically that's part of the basic social fabric is that to build up the kavod and reputation and esteem of, of the parents and grandparents, if she undermines that, says Abishol, again, that's, that's grounds for divorce. Rip and Omer, Afa Kolanis, even also a woman who is like a loudmouth. Ezui Kolanis, what are we talking about? Says the says the Mishnah. When she speaks in her house, she's so loud. Everyone can hear her voice. The neighbors can hear what she's saying. Now, and what she talking about here? This is very specific to like matters regarding intimacy. Rashi learns the point is that the husband solicits the wife, and she kind of yells at him loudly. Um, in a way that the neighbors can hear. So she's fighting with him about this, and it's, so it becomes public because she's so loud about it. Um, Bartonor learns that, the, and like the Rambam, 
that the point is that she actually solicits him, but she's soliciting him for intimacy in a way that's so loud the neighbors hear. So again, it's humiliating to him. Now, these cases where we're talking about um, her doing something which is, you know, Dasuda, she's crossing a line here um, to the point that he says, I can't go on with such a marriage. So for her to lose her ksuba, speaks out the Bartanura, there need to be Aiden and Hasra. There need to be witnesses who testify not only that they say, yes, we saw her goofing around with the boys, or we heard her screaming next door, and so on, but also hasra, warning. That means that people have to warn her ahead of time and say, listen, if you walk around dressed like that, or behaving like that, um, or doing that kind of, speaking that way about your father-in-law, um, or you know, the neighbors come and say, you know, last night we heard you screaming at your husband, um, they have to put her on notice, which says, if you continue to do that, we're witnesses, and we'll testify, and that will cost your ksuba. And then she goes and does it, Again, whatever it is, she doesn't dress properly, doesn't speak properly, doesn't behave properly. Um, and then witnesses come and say, we confirm that's how she was behaving. So then, at that point, she indeed would lose her ksuba. Um, but of course, like I said, it requires those witnesses and the preceding hasra. That warning if she is to lose her ksuba.